Content warning. The Adventures in Hellworld podcast talks in depth about QAnon, which means we have to talk about all kinds of child abuse and violence against people. Listener discretion advised. Hello, everybody. I'm Mike Rains, a.k.a. Poker and Politics, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Hellworld. This week, I am joined by Sarge. I'm only here because Mike saved me from a trafficker. Like, he, he saved me. My story I... is his story. It is the truth. It is the truest of stories. Unfortunately, I did not save L from the traffickers no, because L's as, been trafficked. As, as 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 me and our, my other host will explain, I am I am mission orientated and I am goal focused, and the only person I wanted to save was Sarge, and that's what me and Haley are going to talk about when we get to our headlines. So hi, Haley. Hi. I heard he's stuck in cartel territory. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Rebel cartel territory yeah. <laughs> in unnamed jungle. Yes, and but I saw <laughs> I, I saw the tar- the tattoo on the back of Sarge, and I was like, "That's Sarge, the only person I want to save from this village." Therefore, I'm going to save him and only him. <laughs> and as the dozens of other people scr- cried out about their oppression, I was like, "You know what? You're not the named NPC. You're not the goal of my fetch quest. So uh, tough shit. Out of here. Bye. Catch you later." So yeah. Um, we have uh, thoughts. We have thoughts and comments about our main uh, headline that we will get to at that point in the ill-determined future of the uh, podcast. In the grim future of the podcast, there is only moving. That is the nature of things. But uh, until then, we will talk about other things that are going on <laughs> because that's Just a few. That's the nature of this thing that you good people put into your ear holes once a week in order to make yourselves wiser and <laughs> smarter and better than all of your friends. And that's what I spent, I commend you for. The whole time before the pod started, we were just talking about our cats. Mike doesn't have any cats, but me and Haley do. So. No, yep. I, I had cats, but I do not have cats currently. One day in the future, I will reobtain cats and they will be great. I, um, have, I have two. And my girlfriend has five, so that's oh. why we don't live in the same house. Uh, we have separate <laughs> domiciles because we're just like, that'd be seven cats. For the cats. You're thinking it of the children. It is for the cats. <laughs> it is, yeah. honestly. We've had this conversation recently. We was just like, that would be too many cats in one house. <laughs> uh, I have you, one cat. She's fat. And she's you, awesome. Yeah. Your, your your fur babies from previous marriages would not commingle, and therefore you have to remain separate for a while. The 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 furless baby, the hairless cat, the the vet actually told me that he could put on weight, which is not a problem I've ever had with a cat. They're just like <laughs> he could put on some weight. We'd be yeah. fine, like as his like as his doctor, as his vet, like we would be fine if your cat this one put on a little weight <laughs> you, you plumped him up yeah uh when the, when the glorious day comes that i obtain cats i'm probably going to obtain two and i'm going to name one mo and one lewis in honor of the man that crushed drew bledsoe and made tom brady take the field for the first time ever and thus led to the patriots being the greatest sports franchise ever that's uh, so th- that's a good plan i mean it's a it's a real deep cut for patriot fans but yes <laughs> Yeah, now my cat creature was named after the house elf before J.K. Rowling became a massive piece of shit. So now we'll say he's either named after uh, a magic card or the there's a character from Labyrinth. Adobe Sound System? Creature. There's <laughs> there's a creature in Labyrinth, I think. Oh, okay, creature. Yeah, so we'll, we'll probably go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> 
however however we can defend the, the that kind of thing is like so funny that's the problem with naming is something or anything based off of the lore of a series because you just don't know either if the author of the series is going to become terrible or if the series is going to go off a cliff like how many poor kids named Khaleesi their parents were just like oh no oh no that final season no what did you do I had my crazy awesome girl boss name for my daughter and now I gotta call her like Liz or Lise or something because her legal name is now awful and bad because they just <laughs> absolutely ruined Danny and absolutely ruined the series in like just the, the last she was like one of the strongest parts of that show for a very long time and then man yeah that last season really just <laughs> uh, yeah I, I don't want to get into that that is I don't know that's god that's so such a bummer I mean Harry Potter like you can still watch the movies and they're relatively good especially if you already own them and you're not giving any more money to uh, Joanne, but like can't really go back to Game of Thrones, the show, because it just, it always ends bad now. Like it's like, what do you do? Right. You're just like, Oh man, remember this awesome episode. And then remember where it leads to womp womp. It's just like, <laughs> just ended at the red wedding. Like, you know like that's a that's a better ending of the series than literally the actual ending of the series there has to be a better place to end it than the <laughs> I, you said that and i was like no you did it there. dark ending no rather dark. than crappy oh. ending you 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 you, you 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 end it when Ar- you end it on the cold open where Arya kills all the Freys and avenges the Red Wedding. That's the that's mm. it. Just boom. Just Arya rips the mask off. Boom. I did it. I avenged my family. Just it's a three minute long episode, and then the series is over, and people are like, "What yeah. the fuck?" And then you're and it just works out better. You it's get like, no closure me. on anything going on with the wall and the White Walkers because nope, none fuck of it. That Don't that care. was all wrapped up in one episode anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh God, yeah, man, and that's what you people came here for. For I don't know, incredibly late complaining about the final yeah, season. Time, timely, timely, trenchant analysis of pop culture. Timely Games of Thrones analysis and yes. uh, Harry and, Potter commentary. Yep. Oh yeah, that's us. That's what we're here for. That's that, that's the, that's the hot hot heat we bring here at Hellworld because uh, we are out of the loop now. I never watched like five minutes of Succession, and then I just saw people at the end were like, "Some lady named some lady knew the guy that was a baseball player tipped off what the ending was," and I was like, "What? I don't even. I just no, don't care." Okay, but are you on that skibbity shit? Skibbity? Yeah, skibbity. You no, on the Skibbity no. series yet? No? I, no, I don't even know what Skibbity is. You've scared me. I, I feel, I feel confused and frightened. I'm... I'll send you a Skibbity clip later, and I recommend everybody look that up. That's what Gen Alpha's into right now. They're all up in that Skibbity shit, and it's just like toilet people. They're like people's heads in toilets, and then they're fighting. It's like an ongoing series where they're fighting these, um, like like cct camera headed men in suits it's it's all uh it's a really interesting um youtube series that Jen oh, is really it, into is it a new analog horror thing kind of it kind of reminds me of like you can tell these kids like their parents were in like five nights at freddy's <laughs> i <laughs> that is a tangent i could get off on five nights at freddy's fandom is 
fucking fascinating. The creator pre-canceling himself because he's such a devout, crazy Christian is endlessly interesting. But uh, I think I'm giving too much credit to the Skibbity Toilet Men, but um, I find it to be kind of funny. <laughs> the See, I'm one of the olds, and occasionally the youngs walk across the top of my tomb and whisper secrets down, but uh, Skibbity has not gotten down to me. Oh, I have no idea about Skibbity. I have no idea. We, we, I'm going to go chase some young men off my lawn. I just sent you a Skibbity video of Biden. Oh, great. On Wonderful. Twitter. Oh, oh yeah. me? No, uh, 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 Mike. Oh, God. I. This is, again, incredible, incredible podcasting. This is just... <laughs> this is just... Let's, hey, man, we're, you said we should talk about something uh, current. You know, Skibbity's the hot shit right now. I... I'm. Oh, God. Oh, this is like Team Fortress nonsense. I know Team Fortress nonsense. Okay, Skibbity. The, I didn't know that Skibbity. I I see Biden's head on a toilet now. That's great, wonderful. It's really I'm, cool. Okay, it's a good I'm, series. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take your word for it, <laughs> even, though I, even though I don't believe you. And anyways, now, that's the mo- That's that's to keep us up with the modern kids. Oh, no, okay, good. exactly zero people. No, no. If you are a listener who knows what Skibbity is, please tell me because if you have children, I, they probably know what Skibbity is. Oh dear God! Well, nuts to all this. We're playing the Boosh fucking sound. <laughs> it's yeah. time for a light sampling of insanity. Get ready for the amuse Boosh. Oh man! Uh, so uh, we were probably <laughs> going to lead with a different topic today, which was uh, something that happened pretty much right after we started recording. We stopped recording last week, but. We got breaking news right now that our good friends at True the Vote, who led us to creating the bonus content Mule's Errand, which you can listen to for the low, low price of $5 a month at our Patreon, patreon.com slash pokerpolitics. Get in on that. Listen to the Mule stuff. It's very fun. But um, True the Vote, who were the data people behind 2000 Mules, whereas Dinesh was the producer slash uh, frontman grifter of, of that group. Uh, the Georgia Election Board has now sued True the Vote, demanding they give over their evidence of voter fraud in the 2020 election. Now, you would think that if True the Vote actually had evidence of election fraud, they would have been very happy to have given it to Georgia's Board of Electors. They weren't. They have fought tooth and nail to avoid hit, uh, following uh, or complying with the subpoena. They've and done now, the same thing in Arizona because, like, they obviously presented here, you know, and yeah. everyone's like, okay, what's the evidence? And they're just like, don't worry about it. <laughs> that's that's true. The votes modus operandi is to make incredible claims, claim they have evidence to back up those claims and then <laughs> refuse to present that evidence when asked for it, because spoiler alert, they don't actually have any evidence. Well, they're going to find out what a default judgment is if they keep not <laughs> producing their evidence. Well, that's the thing, is that uh, if this lawsuit does go through, the Georgia, State Ele- the Georgia State Election Board does have the ability to make a criminal referral. They do have the ability to eventually tell uh, people who can actually enforce things via like lo- like charges and arrests they can just go to like the legal bodies in Georgia and be like, Hey, true. The vote is dicking around with us. They refuse to comply with us in court. 
to give us the evidence we were looking for. Now you can hold, you can now charge them with criminal contempt. Like, so true. The vote is now walking down this path where they could very easily end up with actual charges if they don't comply. And they've got basically two options here, which is comply and admit what everyone has said (laughs) about them for fucking forever, which is that their stuff is bullshit or um, they don't comply and risk jail. Who's the comedian? The the meme? I didn't do shit. I didn't do shit. Just him shouting that. That's going to be them uh, when they show up. Just They just have to scream that again and again for an hour until they're like arrested and walked off. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's uh, to quote a tweet that had me absolutely cackling. It was the fuck aroundiest of times. It was the find outiest of times. Like a lot of people uh, are getting caught up with lately. All the January 6th people. This this is just the most recent and it's fantastic to hear. You'll love to hear it. Yeah. The, these shit ass grifters, more of them need to be held to account. Yeah. One thing I don't think enough people know about this group is that they pulled this shit for 2016 as well. But it never got any traction because nobody actually cared because Trump won the electoral college. Basically just Trump was a sad little Panda. And so were a few other people that the email lady got more votes than him in the popular election. And Greg Phillips, the bearded fellow from true, the vote, he right after the 2016 election came out said, Oh, there's voter fraud that accounts for that 3 million votes that Hillary got. Trump actually won the popular vote. And then (laughs) when people were like, so Greg, you got the evidence for those 3 million votes being bullshit? And he was like, don't worry about it. Forget about it. So, Do they, do they not know that Fox, Fox News, Fox News, who definitely has more money than all of them, lost their lawsuit when they tried to uh, put their toe in that water to the tune of $900 million and Tucker Carlson's job? Like, if you see them lose... And you're in the same boat. You're literally driving that same boat. You're like, man, maybe I should. I don't know what their options are at this point. Like, you can't. Their only options. Their only options are to give over their quote unquote evidence and have it be destroyed for being bullshit. Because Mm. this is. I'm in a. I'm in a. DM group with a bunch of 2000 mules debunkers and people like that. Like these people have, are still debunking that movie after all this time, they're still digging into all the analysis. They're still fighting the good fight against that movie. And at the end of the day, all true the vote ever had was anonymous cell phone tower data, which cannot be conclusively proven to be close enough to ballot boxes to prove that a person was at the ballot box. Like that cell phone data can put you within, I think they said like the median is like five meters. So it's like 50 feet or so. And that's as good as it gets. And that was the fucking unbelievably like ridiculous, lazy amount of data that they were using to say, Oh yeah, this person was at the, at that ballot box. It's like, no, in order to have data that precise, you'd have to have data pinpointing someone within like two feet of the ballot box and preferably 
two feet where they could actually access like the little slot to drop the ballots into it. Like if I'm within 50 feet of a ballot box, that doesn't mean shit. I could have been inside the building that the ballot, that that ballot box location was outside of. Like you don't have anything really on me. Wait, how, how close did you say it can get you? Like they said about five meters was five like this. meters. Yeah. That's break, like that, a, break that down in freedom units for me. Uh, I know, freedom, I know. Oh, oh yeah. 27, 27, 17. It's 17 freedom units, 17 feet. That... No, freedom units. I was saying that because it was a Q thing, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I made a Q joke and didn't realize. I, yeah. I heard someone else somewhere call it like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know meters. I don't it, know. Oh my God, it is. It's 16 feet, 0.4 inches. <laughs> I'm rounding it up. 17 feet. Q proof. Boom. I'm oh. killed. <laughs> Fucking happened. It's true. So in freedom units, five meters is uh, 16 and a half feet. Uh, we'll say 17 to be nice to Mike. Yeah. That, that's... Um, that's, you know, close, but not close enough for a legal case. Because if I'm 17 feet from something, I can't, like, throw frisbee, a ballot into it. Yeah, frisbee whip a ballot into, <laughs> like, just, yeah, like, I'm not and, 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 and again, I think I'm probably being too generous. I think, like, 50 feet is actually where we're at. But even five meters is wrong. And that's, the, like, one of the, my favorite things these assholes to complain about. They're like, oh, they use geolocation to catch people on January 6th, but not the mules. And it's like, yeah, the Capitol is way bigger than a fucking ballot box. It's way easier to geolo- geolocate somebody inside the Capitol building because the Capitol building is ginormous. A ballot box is tiny and small by comparison. This isn't fucking... <laughs> This isn't the gotcha you think it is. And on top of that, almost all of the January 6th defendants were literally like GoProing themselves, being, woo, committing crimes, crimes, I'm doing a crime now. He's just, just so, it's like, no. These people were very proud of what they were doing. They were broadcasting it to the world. They were live streaming it and shit. So no. Some might say 17 feet is about the distance you would be if like your cell phone pinged and you were driving by a location. Right. That that's the that's what this fucking data is. It's cell phone pings. It's worthless. It's absolute nothing. And that's the thing. It's basically true the vote has two options. Either hold out and see if they can not go to jail for a contempt uh uh charge or just give over the cell phone data and admit that their data is trash. I've had so many fucking QAnon promoters I've seen who've been like, man, if True the Vote would just release the data, we we Anons could coordinate it. We could fucking make it work. Mm. We would we would bring this whole house of cards crashing down. Come on, Catherine and Greg, just just hook us up. And it's like, buddy, do you believe in Santa? Like, if you believe in this fucking cell data being legitimate, then boy howdy, do I got a bridge to sell you? Do I got a Tim Ballard movie to sell you? Oh, do we ever? Oh, do we ever? <laughs> we, boy, do we have a fucking Tim Ballard movie to sell you? If, if like, a cell phone ping is all it takes to, like, convict me of a crime, like, I there's, you can find me about literally everywhere in Kansas City if it's just, like, because I'm right. constantly dry. Yeah, it <laughs> God damn it. Like, yeah, it's so wrong. It's not even it's, it's so wrong. It's quote unquote, not even wrong. It's like literally they're not even in the ballpark of reality with this shit. So uh, good on the Georgia State Election Board for finally filing suit against these grifters. And mm. um, we'll just see how that all works out. And um, 
the uh, the the real loser in all of this is uh, Catherine because I think like a week or two ago, Greg posted something where he's like, "I am incredibly sick. I probably actually have terminal cancer at this point, but I will win because God loves me and he'll he'll make it all right." He has got an anime on his side. Yeah, and it's just and I'm and I, I, the thing is is like I've had a bunch of people who've kind of thought that. Greg knew his health was really not that great. So he was just kind of shooting his shot here because, hey, it's his last mission. Right. Spoke him if you got him. But uh, Catherine's the one who's really going to be holding the bag here if uh, if this all goes the way it does. So um, uh, good luck, Catherine. Enjoy (laughs) being the culpable criminal for all of the lying and bullshit you did to make Dinesh D'Souza a lot of money. Score, huge win all around. So yeah, so that man couldn't couldn't happen to a nicer grifter. So uh, speaking of nice grifters that had great things happen, <laughs> to them, negative forty eight is dead. That's Party right. It's, boom, boom. <laughs> it's bad to celebrate the deaths of people. Spoiler: actually, is not. When terrible people die, you could absolutely be happy about it. Okay, so yeah. So- I he saw, hurt people. He was yes. abusive. Yeah, yes. he was a, a monstrous cult leader and like kept people uh, 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 endless bad things. Um, friend of friend of the pod, Karma, can tell you all about him. Follow her on Twitter. I'm sure she's said some things, but uh, she just you... kind of announced it. It was yeah. pretty b- like blank. Like he died. <laughs> yeah. Well, the main reason I comments talk- off. <laughs> Well, I, t- I talked to her about that, and I did try to get her on the show for this because I was like, hey, you're the negative 48 person. He just died. And she was like, I'm really busy. I might be able to get in to do some talking next week. So I might try to have an interview with her soon. But the gist of what she said was the main reason why she made that announcement is because inside the cult itself, they are trying to keep people from not finding out that he is dead. Yep. Oh. I asked her too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the cult itself is just sort of trying to keep this on the on uh, under wraps. They're trying to keep this on the low low, and because the cult follows karma, because negative forty eight made her a part of their mythos. She said about six hundred of his followers follow her. Yeah, like yeah. so, she's this big weird frenemy of the cult in the way that Protzman had made it be. So her announcing that was like her attempt to pierce the veil of the cult, not wanting to tell uh, them the cult leadership, not wanting to tell the rank and file. Oh yeah. By the way, the leader's dad, he he got himself killed in a motocross accident with him. He fucking murdered himself on a motorbike. You can like feel the hubris of the man in his final moments, you know, like some clarification. I've seen two reports that he died in a motorcycle accident or a car crash. Is it the same thing? Did a car hit his motorcycle? How did he actually die? Let me just ask that. Injuries from his motorcycle accident. Okay. Yes. So he was probably, he may have been hit by a car while he was on a motorcycle. I feel like he was just going like 300 miles an hour. Like, watch this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, mean, in the mythology that he had created, no one ever actually dies. So he was probably of the mindset that he was effectively immortal. His whole thing is... It seems a lot of his followers... Sorry. It seems a lot of his followers do think he's not dead still, though. Yeah. His whole thing is people can come back from the dead or... So I was never very clear on that. Did he say JFK faked his death? No, wait. It's JFK Jr. 
No, JFK, was... JFK was a set. This is, I've actually had karma break this down for me. Okay. His, his mythology of John F. Kennedy is that John F. Kennedy was killed in okay. Dallas, but that somehow four days later, he was medbedded back into health, which. Jesus too. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, they, they have a story for that already. <laughs> Right. Um, and the, the thing the thing about that that makes me I have a lot of questions, which is those questions are mostly how good are these fucking med beds? Because A, Kennedy suffered some pretty egregious injuries <laughs> when he was when he was killed. Nah. Then he was he was autopsied, and while they did fuck up the autopsy, they did pull his brain out of his head, what was left of his brain out of his head. They did do an autopsy. They did slice and dice him. And then they prepared him for burial, which meant he was filled with formaldehyde and all that good stuff. So how you got this annihilated corpse of a person into a med bed four days later and bing, bang, boom, he came out fresh as a rose. I will. You're going to have to walk me through the steps of the science of the med bed other than fucking magic or the the, the Lazarus pits that Rachel Ghoul uses to reanimate yeah, himself. Kidding. Rapunzel I mean, cried in her final single tear. Healed him. Yes, brought back JFK. Yes, JFK was <laughs> killed by Rapunzel. That's about, that's about what the med beds are. So yeah, so like these med beds apparently can do all kinds of great stuff. So I'm sure that a mere motorcycle accident won't won't be won't nearly enough to keep our boy negative forty eight down for long. So, um, but yeah, his so his cult is trying to deal with the fact that he is dead, although he might not be, although he is, although he might not be. Because they lived in that world of everyone's alive. They would go to rock concerts and they would think that Mick Jagger was Donald Trump or JFK or Elvis. I mean, it's just this nonsense alternate reality that was even more bizarre than QAnon's. And this is why I, I one QAnon promoter out of all of them literally posted one article about him and was just like media says bullshit about bullshit. I don't know this guy. I don't know who the fuck he was. And it's just like, yeah, motherfucker, you people created this. You people started QAnon. You got the ball rolling for this. And then this guy just effort posted his way into a cult via QAnon. And now you're pretending that he's not part of your movement. Get fucked with that shit. You, you lying dirt bags. Cause, uh, Protzman was QAnon all day. You're just mad that he likes the JFK Jr. shit and also that he started an in-real-life cult, which you don't want to be associated with. And that makes you sad. Kind of like, I guess for a cult leader, was reasonably successful, all things considered. Uh, I, I don't know what we're judging cult leaders by, but I feel like having an active cult that like camps out in a fucking park for months is pretty, like, gets you on the board. And he travels around and goes to every Trump rally. That's how I've seen him, like, seven times in person. Oh, yeah, you said before we started that he, you had seen him. Yeah, uh, I've seen him and the buses and then, like, the breakaway Scooby-Doo people. And then they broke down here in Arizona for a while. And then when the guy was trying to change the tire, he broke his leg. So they were stuck here for months. So they, like, have kind of presence in Arizona, too. Um, yeah, he... The one time I, like, got close enough to Protzman to hear him talking... He was trying to pill like some young couple at a Trump rally um, about the JFK stuff. <laughs> he was just babbling and they like you could tell they were like slowly doing that like 
back yeah. away kind of like okay that's nice sir yeah th- <laughs> thank you sir this is denny's yeah <laughs> this is a trump rally <laughs> This is just a regular Trump rally, sir. If I wanted to hear your shit, I'd be in Dealey Plaza right now. So, yeah. And then that Mickey lady was always around, the one that, like, that's her name, right? Oh, I don't know. Uh, You said the Scooby-Doo crew, like our audience might know what that's about. So I'm going to do a quick little explainer. So Protzman exiled a bunch of people and kicked them out of the actual Negative 48 cult. And a splinter group formed that called themselves the Scooby-Doo crew. And they were convinced that their exiling was part of nine-dimensional chess. And at some ill-defined point in the future, Protzman would bring them back into the fold and reveal to the rest of the cult that they were the elect, that they were the chosen few that were going to serve at Protzman's right hand, uh, uh, at the right hand also of Kennedy and Kennedy Jr., etc., etc., so yeah, like this stuff was incredibly toxic and incredibly destructive and had more layers than an onion. It was super brutal. And they also traveled in a actually pretty well done mystery machine that was like a Wait, combination you- of Scooby-Doo stuff and JFK stuff and Trump stuff. Are you calling it that because it was actually painted like the mystery machine? Oh, it was not painted. It was like professionally wrapped and it was like actually a huge sized RV. And I'll send you some pictures. Your DMs are not open, but I'll send you some pictures. I just need to give you my personal Twitter or whatever. Uh, And it says like on the back, like it like advertised some of his like sheep in Asia. Mike, do you know what that even is? (laughs) Nope. Nope. Yeah. You're going too deep. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. And then um, sometimes they would uh, like actually booth at the Trump rallies and sell their cookies, which I was like, how did they get away with that? I know that's not healthy. That that didn't mean health. Trump had to, would have to want. Well, no, he doesn't give a shit about Q anymore. Like he just doesn't mention it, but like lets it exist. Um. But yeah, there was one lady that would. Like, she always would travel with them. Um, and she dresses up, like, kind of like Captain America, but with a Q on the chest. How um, I, I, I must have seen a picture of her, but I feel yeah. like I haven't. And I don't know how I haven't seen a picture of her after all this year, all these years of doing this. And then, like, she wears, like, a military-style hat that's, like, red, white, and blue with a Q on it. And then um, her car is just, like, got every Q sticker on the planet like on the front window <laughs> nice nice yeah oh my god this is a little bit off topic but for the first time ever in person when i was driving uh the uh so the the big taylor swift concert was in kansas city like two days ago oh yeah. so a lot of people came in town and while i was driving around i saw in transit uh, no license plate, just in transit, handwritten in the back of a car. And I was like, oh, my God, I've, I've, I've studied sovereign citizens for so long. I've watched every like thing. I was just like, I've never seen one in person. And that, yeah, they were just cruising through the middle of Kansas City in transit. Was he going to the Taylor Swift concert? I mean, had to be right. Otherwise, like they were from Iowa, at least I assume, because the in transit was written on an Iowa like DMV form and uh, 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 taped in the back uh, windshield. Dude, maybe you saw that one that was stalking her. 
There was a sovereign citizen stalking Taylor Swift. That would be hilarious if that was her. Yes. (laughs) Let's see where he's from. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're still in the bouche. It's it's off topic, (laughs) but there we go. Taylor Swift comes to Kansas City. Now it's now it's uh Taylor Swift isn't one of the the celebrities that QAnon is like adamant is a Satanist, right? It's mainly Lady Gaga. Uh, Taylor Swift got in a little too late because the Illuminati people, the Illuminati people are more kind of into the, the, the era of Lady Gaga, Beyonce. Katy Perry was the one that really got like was the last line of that group of people that got hit with the uh, Satanist stuff. She's so lame. I, They're I, hitting Doja right now. Doja oh yeah, Cat? Do- yeah, yeah. Doja Cat. I, is, I guess is getting. They, they were they were on Billie Eilish for a little while because whatever the new hotness is, they have to accuse them of being Illuminati because that's the only way this works. And Taylor Swift was just on either side of that wave. Like they got the people before her, they're getting the people after her. Well, Taylor Swift was the the main thing I remember from Taylor Swift on the internet was that neo Nazis just loved her and created this whole mythos of her being this like perfect Aryan woman and all this kind of stuff. She's the and great then, white hope. And and then this she came weird. out as a lib, and it made them all very sad. Like they were they were so pissed when she came out as a big time liberal. They were just like, no, no, my Aryan queen. How could you like Obama? No. And it was just. The sovereign yeah. citizen who stalked her was from Indiana. So where was I, your license I, plate? I assume this guy, it didn't have a license plate. Oh, yeah. I yeah. assume this guy was from Iowa because the in transit was written on uh, Iowa DMV documents. All right. She's got uh, another so. sovereign to look out for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like all of the geez, so yeah, so this uh this train wreck will we'll rein this back in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so in, in conclusion, negative forty eight dead. This is a net positive for the world. Uh eventually Absolutely. his cult eventually his cult will figure that out. Maybe somebody else will rise up and claim the mantle of Gematria peddling bullshit monger and take over the cult but until that happens hopefully when everyone else figures out that uh pop pop ain't coming back anymore and neither is either kennedy they can finally dissipate <laughs> and go back to their families and loved ones who miss them a lot uh, concluding our boosh for the week is the fact that we have um the republican whistleblower who oh Republicans- yeah <laughs> holy shit yeah, I, I love it. I love it when I hit Sarge with news and he's like, oh, man, I remember that news. That was no, I just I just saw about this last night. The the actual reveal. I'm sorry. Please, please get to the reveal of the Republican whistleblower <laughs> and what he actually is. Yeah. So the, the Republican whistleblower uh, who is um, it turns out that this guy who was going to just absolutely like just crush Hunter <laughs> Biden and Joe Biden and expose all their corruption with China and all that good stuff. It turns out this guy is actually an, an Israeli spy who's working for the Chinese. The literal Chinese spy. Yep, literal literal triple agent dude. Uh, Gal Luft is his name, and he's been working for China. And he was indicted. Before, he's been indicted for his crimes uh, as a Chinese agent working against the interests of America. And BTW, this indictment was put. It was the sealed indictment was filed months and months ago. 
So this is not the the Biden DOJ lashing out and striking back against a whistleblower who's trying to like tell the truth about what's going on. The most impeachable witness ever, a literal Chinese agent indicted on multiple counts of espionage by the not yep. by the previous administration, but like not with no involvement from Biden. Oh my god, I was cackling when uh i god god help me i i learned this from a tiktok yeah uh, but they were breaking it down and i was just crying i was like oh my god the fucking l's these people keep taking just for no reason they're like we can't find our whistleblower because he was running from u.s counterintelligence agents yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, uh, Reps Goldman and Raskins have sent a, a letter to uh, Comer, Comer, the guy who's in, the, in charge of these quote unquote uh, investigations. And they're asking him if the oversight committee was duped by a Chinese agent or if they were willfully working hand in hand with a Chinese agent to try to smear the American government. So, yeah. Uh, great job, Republicans. Uh, great job, QAnon, for being like, oh, these whistleblowers are going to bring this rotten house of cards tumbling to the ground. Barrow, barrow. So, yeah, it is uh, just win, win, win in every possible way. And, oh, my God, look at that adorable Sphinx cat who's glaring at us menacingly now. Uh, this is Sarge's. He's perfect. Uh, yeah, this is Sarge's Sphinx cat. So uh, He's never done anything wrong ever. Nope. No. no. <laughs> The deadpan voice, Sarge explaining that his cat is never dating ever, is exactly how every cat owner feels about their cat. So, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, it, the the Republicans in this is just like Sideshow Bob walking in the, the parking lot full of rakes. And yes. It's just it's, like, what are you guys doing? Like, it's just. Yeah, it's just rake after rake after rake. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely the most like cartoonish stupidity these people could ever imagine. I just, oh my god! And the thing that's like so funny about it is, is that the people that support these Republicans, this is just going to be water under the bridge. They're just going to forget about this in a week, and they're going to be on to the next so bullshit grift. It's just, oh my god! I'm running a cam. The cat has interrupted the stream, and by interrupted, I mean made adorable. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, He's looking into my soul. uh, For the theater of the mind here, folks, Haley is just fangirling over a sphinx cat. (laughs) It's my favorite kind of cat. I've never had one. (laughs) He feels like velvet. When when I become a trillionaire and can afford a dumb animal that I really not sh- should not have, I want to get one of those Maltese dogs, one of those like pure white dogs with the incredibly long fur. And when they're in the dog shows, you can't even see their legs; they just look like little they look like little tanks just <laughs> tre- tre- treading themselves around. I just I just love those dogs. I don't know why, but they're always my favorite dogs at the dog shows. I'm a big fan of bulldogs. You know, Boston Terriers, just wrinkly little goofs. Hi, cutie. Okay, sorry, sorry, listeners. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So take us into the news, Mike. Oh, yeah, yes. We're going to go to the news because I know that the news will actually focus up Haley and make her a powerful podcasting (laughs) co-host. From the digital headlines to the digital front lines, it's Cues in the News. So our news this week is... The fucking movie. It's <laughs> the fucking movie. 
Sound of Freedom, the biggest bunch of bullshit that has ever uh, arrived on your cinemas. This is a dumb film that is really bad. It's bad in a lot of ways. The, the main way that it's bad is that it's a Trojan horse that is trying to pretend like right-wing people actually care about child trafficking and don't just use it as a political cudgel to call their enemies pederists and other bullshit. The movie... I we will get into the actual like kind of movie and its problems and if I am able to ever get around to editing and slicing and dicing up the way too long review me and Haley did we <laughs> released that at some ill-defined point in the near future but um the main thing you need to know about this film is the quote unquote based on a true story thing is it's hilarious that this is one of Hollywood's biggest lies. It's one of the ways that uh, people who make a film try to give the film gravitas it's not worthy of. And so the, when the people are like, oh, but this movie's based on a true story. How can you knock it? It's, it's, this is what really happened. It's not. And the through line of the movie the, is that... Wait, oh, um, hold on. Let, let's start at the top. Who yep. made this movie and so, Why? Okay, so for our uh, listeners, well, I, I I do not know the original group that produced this film, but Jim Caviezel, the crazy man who is now fully QAnon pilled, and Jesus, his, yes, Jesus from the Last Temptation of Christ, the Mel Gibson no. film. <laughs> the Last Temptation of Christ is the good one that he did, no. Passionately Christ. The, the, <laughs> uh, Jesus beatings. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus beating the movie. It was like Saw, Jesus yes. version. Yeah, yeah. Let's, we'll we'll try and contextualize this for a second. This is the uh, anti-child uh, uh, trafficking. And I say, and I'm doing everything here in big air quotes. Swish swish, giant air quotes. Anti-child trafficking uh, movie based on a true story by this uh, group of grifter shitbags, and who they to try and like really bump their numbers on their july 4th opening gave out you probably saw advertisements for it i especially on twitter i saw on everything <laughs> they were giving out free tickets because they really wanted to pack the theaters and it did do for uh i'm gonna call it an independent release a non-studio release it did very well on its july 4th opening day it made uh 12 million 12 or 13 million it beat indiana jones on its opening day on Indiana Jones uh second start of its second week um but that that oh, is the only oh, day they they that. had their memes of uh, indie movie beats indie movie mm. that was <laughs> one of their yeah that was so, one of their things yeah so yeah, that's I, the context they've been trying to uh gild the lily quite a bit on this and it, for an indie movie it's done decent i don't know what its budget was but i, I have to assume i think it's made like uh, a little over 30 million at this point. Oh, it's absolutely turned to profit. And, and it also, because it's becoming a cultural touchstone, they're absolutely going to do more of these movies. It's yeah. not even possible. There's at least going to be four, a four part documentary, doc, uh, quote unquote, documentary yeah, series, swish, swish. Um, like accompanying it. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, the big thing is the movie has. The, the the emotional hook of the movie 
is that there are a couple of trafficked children, a brother and a sister, who are abducted by a evil child trafficking woman. And the important thing here is that the movie has the brother get rescued by um, Tim Ballard, our hero in the film, played by Jesus. And bad Jesus. uh, Yes, by bad Jesus. And the this the scene that gets the ball rolling, the scene that leads to all the main action in the film is a traffic stop on the border between Mexico and America. So, Haley, do you want to talk about this traffic stop or do you want me to handle this one? I, I can do it. I have my notes from okay. last the one we yep. bitched for two hours. Yep. Okay. Yep. The floor um, is yours. I yeah, just heard so... other podcasts talk about this movie. I Oh, God, I wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> you didn't have to watch it, so that's good at least. Yeah. Um. So the little boy's name in the movie is named Miguel. Um, mm-hmm. He's based off of a real... He's based off of a real person who uh, is named Pedro. That's his, like, you know, anonymous name in the court documents because he was a victim of child sex trafficking. Um, That's a lot of these characters is, like, Tim Ballard takes these real stories and, like, kind of takes them for himself and then embellishes them a lot and then makes himself the hero of these stories of where he is saved he the, kids. He's the leader of OAR. Do I have that right? Operation uh, Underground Railroad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's the are. founder. Oh, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's been roundly debunked about a million times over. Uh, I I know, I I learned today in my brief research on this that his, one of his big claims to fame is that he helped this girl get out of her uh, being trafficked here to America. But Liliana, freed, Liliana that story is like yes. beyond disgusting. Yeah, she freed herself and then he co-opted her story after meeting her years later. Uh, so, sorry. and then he sold Valentine's Day cards as if she was still a child. He sold these like really childlike Valentine's Day cards for five ninety nine through Operation Underground Railroad. That was like this is one of the people we rescued. It's Liliana's art, and it made it look like she was like an infant, like making like a Valentine's Day card. So they were like profiting off her story, also in that way. Yeah. Uh, I also want to make clear that uh, this child was actually not the victim of trafficking uh, because uh, Pedro is n- was not trafficked, um, as Haley will now explain. Because you you said that, and I wanted to make sure that that people don't get the wrong idea about this, right? Yeah. yeah so, so Pedro, oh, there you go. Sorry, sorry. Um, but yeah, Pedro uh, Miguel in the movie. Um, so. In the movie, it's this really dramatic scene where, like, they're crossing the port of entry between U.S. and Mexico. And, like, Tim Ballard has this big operation where he, like, rescues the kid. The kid jumps in his arm, gives him the necklace, like, go save my sister. Plot of movie. Um, None of that happened. (laughs) Uh, Tim Ballard technically was a federal agent at the time because he does appear in the reports um, for pedro slash mcgill's case um but he was not it wasn't like the big story in the movie um pedro wasn't a victim of trafficking in this elaborate scheme he was just groomed by a family friend who had known him since birth and abused him since birth and um he was just Uh traveling with the kid 
What's up? Earl, Earl Buchanan was the name of the man who did this. And he's a character in the movie. He's a character in the movie. They change his last name in the movie. It's like Earl Buckman or something like that. Uh, they, they, and they, in the movie, they make it very clear that Earl is part of a pedophile network and that he obtained this child from the pedophile network when, again, he did no such thing. This was just a family friend oh, who was doing this, which is the main way these pedophiles get their victims. They either befriend a family with young children or they become a part of a community where they are trusted with young children. Like, I don't know, the Catholic Church and shit like that. So... Some place where they can gain access to the children in a quotation marks natural way. Yes, and not some sort of massive international ring where pederists are handing off kids to be uh, moved thousands of miles overseas. At one point, the kids are in like a shipping container on a cargo boat. And it's like, God, really, guys, this is this is a bit much. But um, so in um, uh, in real life. Ballard is not on site for the arrest until like, I think 45 minutes later, they, they don't call in the feds for a while. Cause it's just border agents who catch this guy. So explain the rest of that. Yeah. So when the, it's just a routine traffic stop again, it was a family friend. So they were going to Mexico to go. The family knew he was like traveling with Buchanan. Um, and they were going to Mexico to see his father. Cause obviously their, their, their families were separated by the border. Right. Um, so he's take, he's allegedly hit the story he's telling his family is he's like taking the kid across the border to go see his dad when in r- reality he was abusing the kid. Um, so he didn't have the proper documentation to bring the character of Miguel, um, across the, um, port of entry. The so they have to do like this secondary search of your vehicle to make sure you're not smuggling drugs and stuff. And when they review, they're looking at the video camera, the camcorder that he, the guy has in his car to see if it's like a fake, a dummy camera hiding drugs. And they play it and it's literally the kid being abused. Um, so they <laughs> detain him, get a hold of the family and say, like, we're detaining this guy and like your child, you know, they explain the whole situation. The sister is not a character in any of this. She's at home chilling. And they know that, like, she, the boy was with Buchanan crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, and, yeah, then the tapes are taken in for processing. And Tim Ballard's kind of role when he was working in this division seemed to be, like, reviewing those tapes. And that's where he steps in. Um, so he didn't have anything to do with, like, this big elaborate arrest slash mission to get this kid saved and in the movie like after they save him with in this like big elaborate mission at the port of entry like the kid just like jumps in his arms and like gives him the necklace and everything and tim ballard kind of tells a similar story in real life yeah ballard loves telling people that the kid jumped into his arms and said i don't belong here in perfect english which is super weird because the kid was in the movie the kid was from like colombia or honduras and in i think in reality he was they're american they make all the american characters from latin america obviously because they're trying to ballard likes to sell a narrative 
that like we need to stop trafficking to shut down the border because that fake Liliana story, he like gave her fake quotes when he was telling her story saying like, mm. we need a border wall. It would have saved girls like me. Yeah. You he, know, he campaigned a lot for the border wall and used lies. This is this is much as I do know. He used the lies from this girl's story that he co-opted to uh, campaign for the border wall. Um so, yeah, and, and and one of the things he loves talking about is how the that section of the border where Buchanan uh, crossed and got caught, he likes to claim that there was some wall there and that forced Buchanan to make the decision to cross by a port of entry and not try to just go across the border in an un, in a uh, unregulated area and that's how he got caught because like this uh, port of entry had like high-tech security and a crack team of uh wit of, of agents looking everybody in the eye and it's like no he got caught because he forgot to bring the kid's birth certificate with him and so when they grabbed him and brought him when they grabbed him they were like well you don't have uh, the proper paperwork for this kid so now we got to look around your car and, oh my god you have a tape of you assaulting this child boom so it, he did not get arrested by uh, a crack operation as the movie indicates or because of, the, of a wall as ballard likes to say in real life he got arrested by happenstance. He fucked up and put himself in a position to have cops poke around and then they found some shit on him. And this isn't in the movie, but I just wanted to bring this up is um, I probably have to put like this, a link to this in the show notes about uh, how Ballard after the fact, after Buchanan was arrested, his property was searched and Ballard and Glenn Beck, because Glenn Beck was one of the original funders of Operation Underground Railroad. This is all around right wing grift. They like to present this search warrant that was done on the on these properties that Buchanan owned as a raid. They like to pretend that like federals were kicking down doors and freeing children, and they grabbed about they grabbed Buchanan and shoved him face down and cuffed him and stuffed him. And it was none of these things. There was an, a, it was a property that no one was in. It was just a lawful search warrant being executed. And they found more evidence of crimes with the <laughs> warrant. So Buchanan went to jail for a long time. And now he's out of jail. He's very old. And he's a registered sex offender. And that's the kind of unsatisfying but true ending of the story. I mean, that's actually what happened in this situation was just um, – a guy who wasn't a part of an international child trafficking ring was just was just grooming and abusing a child, fucked up when he was around law enforcement, got caught and went to jail for a long time. And that's it. That was that's the actual story of Pedro slash Earl Buchanan. That's the actual true story of what happened there. But you can't sell replicas of the coin that he gave you to go save his sister. You yeah, know? If, you, if you tell that story exactly yeah. now um so the whole based on a true story thing is bullshit uh it, that is all nonsense now the the one other thing i really wanted to bring up about this movie because i because art is subjective if you liked the movie i can't tell you that you're wrong i can't say that you're a bad person for liking this film that's I fine can. you are Okay, that's fine. It's, it's a bad I, movie. I, haven't I think even a seen lot it. of people will like I, it. I haven't even seen it. I can tell you, this is a bad fucking movie. You are I, a bad person if you like it. 
I am probably going to do like a 75 tweet thread about the movie and why I don't <laughs> like it because uh, I'm just a kind of a sicko that way. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I would say about the movie is that it has very little action in it. It is a it is an incredibly dull, incredibly serious <laughs> film. One thing I can the, say about it is it's incredibly dull. It is. My, my I'm I'm sure it is. But you It's very boring for long periods of time and then they're like, "Okay, we're going to do 2 minutes of a we're going to tell a bunch of stuff in 2 minutes really quick." You know? Yeah. So typically it, it, when people say, the one thing I can say about this movie, it's not followed with, it's incredibly dull and there's very little action. <laughs> sell it, Mike. Sell it. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I mean, it, it's... No, I, you're, you're bang on and uh, I'm loving it. No, <laughs> it, it it's really... It, 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 the, the movie has that problem. The other big problem with the movie is that it feels like somebody took an axe to the movie an hour and 45 minutes into the movie. It How just long feels... is it? What's the runtime? Uh, two, two hours. Yeah. 2.15. But the, the problem Jesus with the movie... Christ. The, the problem with the movie is um, you... When you are making a movie and you are establishing a villain, when you are establishing the big bad, that villain is established early on in the movie. Like, I don't know, say in The Terminator... You have naked Arnold Schwarzenegger brutally murdering people left and right to start the movie. And people get the hint, oh shit, this guy's fucking, this is big time. Or the opening scene of The Dark Knight. It's the Joker robbing a bank Mm. and he's doing Joker shit. You establish the main villain right away in order to get people to understand that this is who we're caring about this is our antagonist this is the person we should not like and this movie does a very good job of establishing the antagonist because uh giselle in the movie who i like to call evil rihanna because that's what she looks like um she is very striking she's uh dressed in a way to make her very visually appealing she's also based on a real person she's based on a real person who was a beauty beauty pageant contestant swish swish so this character is designed to stand out and is designed to draw draw the audience's ire. You are supposed to be very angry at she's her. She's introduced in the first ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> and you know you know she's bad news from the jump. You're just like, oh shit, this is a bad woman who's bad news who's going to do bad things to these kids. I can't wait to see this bitch get her comeuppance. That's just the way this audience is going to see this character, and that's what's going to happen. Now. Um, Sorry if if anyone was. Uh, we're, I'm sorry we didn't give you a spoiler warning ahead of time. But anyways, uh, <laughs> don't see don't, it. Yeah. Just pirate it. Do not yeah. watch this movie. Don't, yeah. So, anyways, at the so the thing is, is that I knew the runtime of this movie, and I'm watching the big payoff of what appears to be the finale of the movie, and I'm looking at my I'm looking at my phone, and I'm like, we're only an hour forty five <laughs> in. What is going on here? Where are we going to get another half hour or so of movie? Now, again, the big problem with this movie is that there's no tension. There's no action. The good guys have established their fake Epstein Island, and they're about to free all these children and arrest all the bad guys. And there is no tension that this plot is ever going to backfire or fail or anything could possibly go wrong. 
basically the movie wants to make sure that all of your emotional angst and anger and concern is dedicated only to the plight of the children. It's literally the tension lies. This is my biggest gripe with the movie. The tension lies. Is this character going to fuck this child or not? And I'm, am I going to have to see it on screen? That's like where the tension lies. And I find that to be repulsive, especially when they keep saying like, it's tastefully done. Like it's really fucking not. I really don't need to see two minute long prolonged scenes of a guy like unbuckling his fucking belt and like throwing a kid on the bed. She's crying. And it's like, is he going to fuck the kid or is Jim Caviezel going to save him? And it's like, this is not tension that I find to be good. No, it's just it's just an it's just ugly, gross. Yeah, it's just an ugly, exploitive bullshit thing, where that's it. Like the only the only thing that we are supposed to be upset about in the entire movie is that a kid might be assaulted before our very eyes, or, or that then they're going to cut it off screen, but we're going to know it happened and just feel anger at the at the abuser, and that's it. And it's really that's it because that's and that's the only thing we're allowed to have emotional concern about because the rest of the film, whenever you have a moment's doubt, whenever it appears that Jim Caviezel isn't going to win, the movie puts a bow on that shit real quick and reassures you, oh, no, he's winning. Because when they start the Epstein Island thing, they need some millionaire crazy guy who helps law enforcement fund the fake Epstein Island. And Jim Caviezel meets that guy. They talk for like five minutes. And then the guy's like, bro, I can't do this. And he walks away. And then like a minute later, he gets a photograph of the trafficked sister with like a little like note saying, please save me, rich millionaire guy. And he runs back to Jim Caviezel. And was like, I'll fund your mission. We have to save the children. Like, there's, there's no tension. God's children are not for sale. God's children are not for God's sale. God's oh, children God. are not for sale. Yes. I saw that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Thumb out of kids can go fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so so they do all that nonsense. But the other thing, there's just no tension. So in this scene, basically what's going to happen is the moment the children arrive on shore, the I guess the Colombian government's police are going to run in and arrest all the traffickers and free all the kids. And that's just it. And we know this is going to happen. And at no point are we at all worried that the plan isn't going to go off flawlessly and that the kids are not going to be saved. And then it happens. And right before it happens, Jim Caviezel goes up to some Colombian cop and says, Hey, this guy, this piece of shit trafficker, I want you to kind of frame him up. Like when we're all getting cuffed and stuffed by you guys, I want you to take him to a separate beach in line of sight of us and don't have him in cuffs. Just make it look like you're talking to him like he's your bro. And so, and the cops like, I got it. I got it, bro. We're good. We're good. <laughs> and then it. when, and then when the big raid happens, uh, Giselle, evil Rihanna throws herself on the ground screaming. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. She gets cuffed. And then, they're in the boat and she's just like, what's going on? What the fuck happened? And Caviezel's like, think maybe your boy dimed you out. And they show a quick scene of the trafficker. They wanted to implicate as being the snitch. They show him talking to the cops and then they, and then everyone goes away. The screen fades to black and that entire plot line melts away. Done. No more Giselle. You never see her again. Giselle's oh, gone. She's part the our main antagonist nice. of the movie is now swept away. New movie. Uh, new movie. It is a new movie from 
the, the last 30 or 40 minutes of the movie is just a different movie than the first half of the movie. The guy they tried to pin is the snitch, never seen again. One of the traffickers literally just gives us some exposition to get us into the new movie, and then he's gone for forever. We get a new villain. We get a new villain. In the last 30 minutes of the movie, we get a new big bad, just thrown, dropped from the heavens. Wow. No backstory, no build-up. amazing. Yeah, it's just whammo. You just get a, a whole new story with a whole new cast of characters. The... Only people that were from the original movie are that I can remember are Jim Caviezel and his accidental pedophile friend who is a good guy, even oh, though... Oh, he- we got to talk about that for this well, episode, too. Yes, yes. One <laughs> we- of the... You got to know about this, Sarge. <laughs> okay. Oh, we, this, this this is our this is our podcast within a podcast. We need to talk about. We need to talk about Kevin. Yeah. Well, only in this case, Kevin's name is Vampiro. So yes, tell us the story of Vampiro, the accidental pedophile. But it's cool. What? It's cool. It's good. Also, apparently, also based on a real fucking person, which is like. So we gonna arrest that guy? If I was, we gonna the- arrest that pedophile? <laughs> Sorry. If I was no, the, one, the, the, the one quick thing I wanted to say was that I in real life, it. apparently that that guy's call sign was Batman. Yeah, which was, was way way too big a name to put in this movie, yeah. so they had to call him Vampiro instead. And you can't make Batman the accidental pedophile character. <laughs> yeah, probably not. So uh, 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 enough uh, enough leading. Explain why he's the accidental pedophile. Yeah. So when um when Jim Caviezel is getting the band together and making like a group of people to make the fake epstein island mm-hmm. um he meets with this cool guy he's the funny he's supposed to be the one funny character in the movie the guy that cracks like the two jokes in the movie um <laughs> sure and he wears like you know hawaiian shirts and funny hats so you know he's the fun guy um his story is that he uh used to you know he used to be into hookers and blow and one night he uh he accidentally slept with a 14 year old and he didn't realize it until after he was done raping her and um so that that was he 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 put the gun to his head and he's like i'm gonna do it and it didn't go off so he's like now it's my journey to hunt people who do this but because they want to like he bought like a child yeah and he's supposed to be the he's supposed to be one of the good guys of the movie he's sorry for it so our jesus figure is best friends with him now i'm sorry so it doesn't count it's sorry right in the movie he explains that he thought he was picking up a 20 to 25 year old prostitute he's like she wasn't 25 she wasn't 21 even she was 14 like whoa bro no that's a big difference that's a big difference have a number of questions and how you could think even a 20 uh, uh, how you could ever think a 14 year old was 21 uh but mm, yeah that that's on you bud also you he's the go good guy he's the good guy number two in this movie okay yeah, let's okay. keep that in mind everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. right yep our, our our second biggest hero in the movie only paid for sex with a 14 year old and it's okay and like this, this is again, just the ones that he knows of that right, applies, the one, it, it, it maybe happened another time 
I exactly. Keeping, I wasn't keeping track of the ages of the rest of the prostitutes I had sex with in this third world country where that kind of shit is unbelievably skeevy. But hey, and this is, again, one of these things in this movie that if the movie wanted to have depth or like an interesting dialogue about things, the Caviezel character could be conflicted about working with this guy or this guy could potentially have shades of gray or be a little darker of a character. But no, the movie is just literal good versus literal evil. And if you're on team good side, you're a good guy. And if you're on team's bad side, you're a bad guy. There's just no ambiguity. They never expand on Giselle, who actually has like a slightly interesting story that you can expand on, like a real one that, you you know, she was a beauty queen in real life um, who turned trafficker and like her beauty pages are still up, like her modeling pages in real life weird and it's awesome. like you don't get any of this in the movie she's a blank character she says like two lines that you're like oh that's the evil lady and then she's gone oh yeah she she, she just literally uh chews scenery she just comes into the room swaggering and she's like beautiful hey, be-. yeah she's she's beautiful like they, they, they're telling her to just ham it up she's just like boom I'm the alpha bad lady and she's just giving the, the children the lines. Oh, I'm going to turn you into a famous singer, little girl. Oh, little boy, you're so handsome. You could be a star. She's just, she's just literally villainous from central casting direct. Just, there is nothing about her that isn't just one note as me and my friend like to say, just objective Skeletor evil, just this dumb cackling monster. Who's just like, <laughs> he, <laughs> there's that there's this scene when like she's giving she's telling all the kids what their names are now that they're going to be trafficked like your name's teddy bear (laughs) now and she's like looking at her like putting on lipstick looking into her little makeup mirror and he's like i don't want to be called teddy bear and she's like too bad snaps the mirror thing like it's just the most cheesy villainous clothes yeah yeah amazing Probably did like they, they probably did seventeen takes to nail that one. Just Nailed bam, it. the no, one time she really just smashed. She's a professional. Down. She got it in one. She was <laughs> click, and they're like, no notes. <laughs> Nailed <Yeah>. it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and this is and, and so as we were saying before, this is the movie where it's just this dumb black and white nonsense, and then you just get a bonus movie on top of the first movie, but it's very and, short. That's very short. And the other two things about the end of the movie that are awful is, A, we get another implicated rape scene where the bad guy Scorpio does the whole thing where he's taking his belt off and he's about to assault this child. And then Jim Caviezel does some sort of teleportation trick where he manages to get out from under a bed and gets behind this guy. And then we get our tiniest crumb of action where Jim Caviezel and the bad guy kind of sort of fight each other. But the way the the movie is shot, it's shot from the perspective of the child watching the fight. And Caviezel told her to close her eyes. So she's like closing her eyes a bunch. Then she opens them. There's a few punches And they thrown. close the eyes for the audience. So there's yeah. like no action. Yeah. They, they literally, couldn't afford stunt actors. They, they, yeah. They, yeah, literally. I can <laughs> tell you what that is. They didn't. The stunt, stunt people, either they couldn't afford them or stunt people wouldn't work with them. That is so... That is so probably it. Because it was like, okay, it's such a PG-13 movie. There's like one swear. He says shit one time and it's like, that's like supposed to be the joke kind of. Um, 
and like it's very lacking in action all the all again all the gratuity lies in like the children being assaulted yeah um and this is the one scene it's like blow the pedophile's fucking head off like use all the pg-13 like put it oh, right it's to only, the r line pg-13 go yeah. nuts like right. smoking that pedophile right. that's the payoff of the fucking movie Right, Cathar- give us catharsis. Let us see the pedophile like get get what's coming to him for his crimes, and instead it's this weird thing where half the fight we don't see. And what I honestly think, what, what Sarge said really resonated with me. I feel like Jim Caviezel can't read lines. He also probably can't fake fight. I bet they probably did like seventy takes of Caviezel and Scorpio like trading blows. And they were just like, oh, God, this looks so fucking bad. <laughs> oh, my God, this sucks. How do we how do we edit this fight together to make it work? And then they were like, wait, wait, I know what we do. We have Caviezel tell the little girl to close her eyes. And then we just edit the fight scene. And we just do and we just have the fight scene black out a little bit. And we put in some Foley work when the eyes are closed to indicate the punches are being thrown. And we work it out. And, it's like, and so the... The terrible fight happens, and Scorpio <laughs> is somehow killed. He's dead. Although, although again, the, we really don't understand. This what is happened. like a gang cartel member in like rebel territory, and he died. Like, boom. Yes, him and, Jim, the, the, him and Jim Caviezel fight for. I mean, Caviezel's character—he probably lifts, bro. But Tim Ballard, from all accounts, Tim Ballard was just an office worker in a fucking like law enforcement thing. It's not like. He was training Krav Maga and was this like 10th degree death belt or something. But he just killed Scorpio, which, by the way, uh, Operation uh, uh, Underground Railroad has posted on their website. It, this is not true. Tim Ballard has never killed anybody. They've admitted to that <laughs> on their website. They also say on the website that like a lot of like this is not an accurate portrayal of child sex trafficking. So everybody that like fucking comes at us like, how dare you not? fucking love everything about this movie like the literal operation underground railroad website says like this is not an accurate portrayal every time tim ballard also gets a little bit too like wayfairy they have to put out a statement like we do not support his wayfair comments (laughs) please don't sue us wayfair yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah i someone was yelling at me about this stuff and I, i said you should instead of i don't know buying a ticket for this terrible movie give that money to a real anti-trafficking organization like love146.org or Polaris Project. That doesn't spread awareness. Oh, yeah. Spread awareness. Get fucked. That is the most ridiculous cop-out terminology I can... (laughs) Spread awareness. That's like the Susan Coleman Foundation, which is the biggest scam in the world. They're like, we're spreading awareness about breast cancer. It's like, pretty sure people know about breast cancer. Don't think we need any more awareness about breast cancer. When I was like a teenager, there was like this, like, put a cartoon character as your profile picture to spread awareness about child trafficking. It's like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, what does that accomplish? (laughs) Exactly. It's like the black square stuff. Also, like, change your profile Mm. to a black square. This is like the conservatives black square moment. You know, if if you do any (laughs) of those things and don't give people any context or anything on like where to go or how to help it doesn't do anything spreading awareness does shit without like giving people a, a path to like Dude, actually do something literally you don't have to watch the movie just watch the last three minutes when the 
credits play to see how they want you to spread awareness. Uh, uh, yeah. Or no, no. What, what, Haley's talking, what, what Haley's talking about is after the movie ends in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, a quote-unquote timer starts running saying special message. And when the special <laughs> message plays, Jim Caviezel talks to you about how important this film is. And he wants you to pull out your phone and scan a QR code. And if you can possibly buy a ticket for someone else to watch this movie and pay it forward, that's what he wants you to do. They want he you wants- to put your money into the movie. Yeah, invest in the movie to help with child trafficking. Don't give your money directly to an anti-child trafficking organization. No, make the movie bigger. Give more money to Angel Studios and Jim Caviezel. That is how you spread awareness for this shit. Caviezel gets so manipulated. His first sentence is so manipulative. Like, he's like, I'm sure you're feeling really sad and helpless right now. Like, after watching the movie. And it's like, yeah, it was kind of a hard watch, bud. He's like, so give me money. (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly and so after he kills scorpio off camera sort of kind of then uh we have this quick little moment where he grabs the girl and runs away now the best part about this is is that when he finds the girl there are numerous other children and people that are like crushing coca leaves and helping commit crimes for this. There's lots of traffic children in this scene. Oh, besides the girl. Yeah. So there he's basically in this compound of traffic children who are being forced to help with the illicit drug trade and all that good stuff. But when Caviezel saves the girl, he just runs away with her. All the rest of those kids go to hell. They're I not am, God's children. They're for sale. They sure yeah, are. Yeah. Th- th- those children are, I don't know. They're not, they're some other deities. They're <laughs> Zeus's children are for sale. Sorry. That's what uh, that is. Um, so yeah, it is just, it, it basically Caviezel is a world of Warcraft player who found the named NPC and is running away with them. And all <laughs> the other unnamed NPCs are left to toil in the death mines for their, their cocaine overlord. And that's just the way this works. And then when they get away, the bad guys fire like a series of gunshots at their van. But like 10 seconds later, Caviezel is asked like, is everyone okay? And they're like, yes. And then you're like, Oh man, this movie had like 30 seconds of drama. I was so worried. It was 30 seconds of drama where the drama wasn't, is this child about to be raped in front of me? And that is just, whew, oh man, that's just way too tense. We can't be having that on our screens. Let's, I mean, let's bring it Christ. down. Let's bring the energy down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's bring the energy down. Let everybody cool yep. off. Yeah, that, that is this movie. This movie is a lot of making sure that your heart rate remains low and that you're just kind of sad. No jokes, (laughs) no jokes, no drama, just a really dark subject matter treated with just a really somber amount of crippling seriousness and nothing. You know, some people would think that movies are a form of escapism, not this film. This film is like child trafficking is bad and you should feel bad. You know what my form of escapism is? Our mailbag. (laughs) Damn, segue. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the mailbag, and I'm gonna do one more thing about this movie because I have to <laughs> look up the mailbag in my phone. Our listeners cool. got questions, we got answers. It's time for Q and A. Uh, the one last thing I was going to bring up is that uh, today I saw a clip that our, our friend of the podcast, Travis View, and QAnon Debunker Extraordinaire posted where Jim Caviezel literally said, and I quote, it's not QAnon, it's Q and Anons, which is 
basically the direct edict uh, message from Q in Q drop uh, four eight eight one, where Q was just like, "Yo, guys, QAnon has a negative connotation to it, so let's let's stop mm. calling ourselves." Yeah, that. they're starting the rebrand. Yeah, we're 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 we are rebranding now, bros. So every now and then when I talk about QAnon, some idiot will jump in my replies and be like, ha, ah, QAnon, that, that doesn't exist, lol. And it's just like, oh, my God, Jim Caviezel is now so fucking pilled. He's doing the quote unquote, there's no such thing as QAnon bullshit. He was promoting the movie with like a lot of adrenochrome talk, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Like, yeah. Organ harvesting and adrenochrome were like his two big things going into the movie. And the movie was made so long ago, none of those things made it in. So that was uh, it was it was annoying to me because I just wanted I wanted all their mental illness on the screen for the world to see. I really yeah. wanted it. I wanted an adrenochrome scene so fucking bad. Oh, I was I was just I was so depressed when like people because I saw it like the second day it came out and I saw people posting stuff online. I saw one QAnon uh, supporter saying, quote, Missed opportunity, no adrenochrome. <laughs> like, they were just like, they were like, man, we could have pilled so many people if Scorpio had stuck a fucking straw at some kid's neck and sucked out the fear of Eve's blood. I would be but, more interested in that movie. Like, yes, there's no reason to watch it. No, no, yeah. it's incredibly boring and terrible, and you should only watch it if you're going to do like not so content creation like me and Haley did. So yeah, fuck the film. <laughs> Anyways, Pancake Peasant says, uh, who would you cast to play you in an Adventures in Hellworld media franchise in the format of your choosing? The three of you have complete joint creative control. So Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um Oh uh just just to be like way out there ridiculous, Jon Snow. I'd be like or or uh Kit Harrington. Yeah, Kit Harrington. Yeah, I'm sure Michelle Rodriguez has done some problematic things because I know she got into a DUI back in her lost days. Don't tell me about it. I I, I uh, disavow everything bad she's ever done, but I do be liking Michelle Rodriguez, and um, she's kind of got like a manly, not manly, you know, like a deep voice, like me, kind of. And she's also, you know, Latina. Well, and, and it's like Fast be- and the Furious. Before this week, I might have said Jonah Hill because, like. <laughs> Yeah, got you got trouble. you got some problems yeah. with your masculinity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've had people say that. Oh God, I, I forget. I, I, you I look like Robert say, Baratheon. Yeah, well, huh? that's the beard, Bobby Baratheon. I can, I'm okay with that. Uh, people said I look like Peter Griffin, which I also accept. That's fine. That's so. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's it's a. I, you I, look I, like I, someone, Sarge. Like. I, I I could do it. I can do it. No, you can't. Sarge is impossible to pigeonhole. You can't typecast Sarge. Okay, I won't. Um, I've been <laughs> told. Um, oh, a God young damn. Willem Dafoe. Who's the? If he grew a beard. No, the 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 one comedian from The Hangover. I've gotten that a lot. Um, Galifianakis. Yeah. Oh, Galif- that's pretty good. I've gotten Galifianakis. I personally don't. Oh no! See now it. I can't unsee it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I personally don't see it, but here we are. Yeah. 
Uh, just because I I don't look anything like him really, but just because I've been watching clips of Buster Scruggs, uh, Tim Blake Nelson just makes me laugh in that role, and he just and I've never seen him in anything else. So I just want Buster Scruggs to play me because that character is insane. If you've ever seen that film, he's just a psychopath Looney Tunes quick draw artist. It's really funny. It's very bizarre. Nice. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. My other, my other thing that I would want to be was we had me, Sarge and L had a long talk about if we ever got a VTuber rig that we would, what we would do with our, our VTuber avatars. And I want to be a water bear wearing a bow tie. That's my, that's my goal. I want to be a tardigrade with a bow tie on and just people like, what the fuck? I'm like, Hey, that's, that's my thing. Cause after that, oh god, I I can't remember his fucking name. I, I'm not I'm not, now. I'm not going to try to remember his name because he's a piece of shit. But the guy that some lunatics thought was Q, so the guy who did the HBO series talked to him, and then he's like, he didn't want to be on tape, he didn't want to be on video. So here's this CGI cicada of that oh, guy, yeah. and I was just like, what the? Why? Why would you give that guy that? Like fucking Jesus Christ! Like like Jim and Ron Watkins are just like. Here I am walking around half naked and stupid because <laughs> they, they just don't know how to play the media game. But then the, uh, Colin Holbeck like talks to this other guy who might be cute. And that guy's like, make me a CGI cicada. <laughs> and, and, and Holbeck's like, you got it, sir. Whatever it takes to get you in the movie. And it's just like, man, way to not fucking like set your parameters, Jim and Ron. You could have been CGI like uh, Ray Ayanami or whatever. <laughs> you just worked a little harder on it. Oh, my my god so yeah um that was i just i i that kind of stuff is interesting to me i don't know i don't know what that i think a lot about that sort of stuff in media but i mean obviously some people do because i end up being cgi cicadas so congratulations <laughs> to that guy for go. achieving his dream uh cleodora selvestry says if you were to invent a new cryptid to fool tourists into spending money in your town what creature would you make up and how would you sell it to gullible visitors oh uh walking saguaro you have to find it in all the seas of saguaro here it moves oh, that's, that's about it one. that's a good one <laughs> Uh, Patrick Mahomes. It just, it just Patrick Mahomes just w- actually walking around Kansas City. <laughs> oh, they, uh, they, they, they caught Chief Saholic. They did. I forgot all about that cloud that we had this bank robbing Chiefs fan, and they actually caught him up in Oklahoma. I, I don't. I, I just saw a bunch of like uh, clips of. Or I just saw a bunch of like th- uh, headlines yeah. on Twitter about the Chiefs of Holic's been caught. If you didn't know about this guy Haley, this guy literally was robbing banks in Chiefs paraphernalia. Like he. Was, oh what? Yeah. Yeah. And apparently he was using the money to fund his like Chiefs addiction. So wow. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a sports guy. <laughs> yes. That is a man who no, has his priorities in, in the right place. And it, <laughs> It is like pick a robbing... different team, though. Come on, change the mascot, man. No, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know that my town is worthy of a cryptid, but I do think that it would be very easy to create a Salem-based cryptid to lure people into Salem because Salem is already America's greatest tourist trap. So yeah conjuring like a Salem werewolf or some other sort of bizarre Salem based cryptid that does stuff would probably be very easy. And you could literally 
you're the there cryptid. Are... Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, former <laughs> President Trump, for your, your trenchant commentary on the, on the cryptids. Uh, because there are so many tourist guide things where you can sign up for a tour at like seven at night and some guy with a headset on will walk you around Salem and talk about witches or ghosts or whatever. You could absolutely start a new tour based off of your fake cryptid that you created and talk about people that had seen the cryptid and this kind of stuff. And you, you could set it up that at some point in your little tour – like someone pretending to be the cryptid who's like four blocks away would like run across the street and get out of line of sight real fast. You're like, oh shit, oh shit, there it was, <laughs> there it was, the Salem Salamander. It just, it just vanished. Holy smokes. Oh man. Yeah. And hard to get, get like Dark Souls, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just get, get a couple, get a couple of tourists to take videos of that shit, get it to go viral on the internet. Oh man. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We'd be making money fucking all day, yeah, all night. That should be your retirement job. Just yes. grifting people. I have a yes. similar job that I, I want to retire on Route 66 and uh, just have like a tourist trap. <laughs> yes. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Oh, man. Nice. Uh, so that's our tiny mailbag for the week, which is why we went real long on the movie. So that brings us to our last question, which is what are you guys looking forward to? Oh, geez. What am I looking forward to? This is always tough when I don't Barbie movie. beforehand. Barbie movie. If it's good, I hope it's good. I'd Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to I'm going camping this upcoming weekend. I haven't been camping at all this year, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. That is cool. Uh, this Saturday, I get to go see Garbage in Boston. Uh, oh, nice. I also get to go home early because... I found out that this weird dual billing they're doing with Noel Gallagher and Noel Gallagher's Noel Gallagher's band known as Not Oasis. It's actually Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. Uh, apparently Garbage had been headlining for the first X number of shows, but now they've flipped. So now Noel headlines it after Garbage. So I get to go in, watch the opening act, watch Garbage, and then be like, peace out, Noel Gallagher. Could not give two fucks about you. See you later. So I nice. will be... Beat the traffic. Yes. I, I, I will be hashtag beating the traffic. Because, uh, yeah. just And I've also heard that like the crowd for Noel is kind of like dumb, weird, and, and annoying. Because they do stuff like yell Wonderwall at him. And he's just playing his own shit. He's not doing any Oasis stuff. Because mm. he hates his brother. And he probably hates being associated with Oasis at this point. So it's just this weird thing where Noel's like, hey, everybody. Remember me from Oasis? Now I'm going to play my own stuff. And the crowd's just like, no. Not that. We don't want that stuff. You need to mix in some of that other stuff. Uh, mix in the stuff we actually know. The one we, song. Just do the yeah. one song. Yeah, do that song. Do it a few. Do it like three or four times in a row, which is like kind of like one of the good things about garbage is that it's the same lineup from like a million years ago. They have there's no they don't have any animosity towards any of their songs. They will just play them for you, and you can hear the songs you want to hear, and then leave. So yes. So that is something I am looking forward to. And boom. So that will lead us to, I don't know, being grabbed by the hand by Tim Ballard. But he's only leading Haley out of Hell World. Mike and Sarge are trapped. We no. must stay behind and crush coca leaves for the new person who's taken over after Scorpio was killed by Tim Ballard. Because we're not the named NPC like Haley was. So nope. she gets to live. There's no marker over your head. 
No, Haley. Haley is God's child. Me and Sarge, not so fucking much. Mm-hmm. We kind of suck. So while we're crushing our coca leaves and serving our drug trafficking overlord, we will uh, thank DJ Minimal Effort for our music. No social media for him ever, nor will there ever be. However, if you want to talk to the guy who does all of our bumps and is the voice of Q, if Q ever returns, which he won't, you can go to FrostyVO on Twitter and talk to him. Haley is Arizona Right Wing Watch on Twitter. She also has a sub stack and all kinds of other good stuff. You can go to those places and give her money. That'd be great. Sarge is Sarge at Sarge in Hell on Twitter. And I am at Poker Politics. If you want to give us money, go to uh, patreon.com slash poker politics. And for $5 or more, you can get access to our bonus content. Me and Stephanie, a other 9-11 truther, are currently going over loose change. We promise to have a new episode out about that terrible sack of shit 9-11 quote-unquote documentary soon. We also have piles and piles of bonus content going over all kinds of other QAnon-related nonsense. If you don't want to give us chuckle fucks money, and God knows there's no reason why you wouldn't want to, give your money to love146.org, an actual anti-human trafficking organization. They're not Operation Underground Railroad, which is a right-wing grift. They're not sacks of shit like QAnon. They're good people. Give them money and help them fight child trafficking. So I think that covers everything. No, it doesn't. I'm lying to you because we have a new beautiful baby this week. I asked this person for their their cool shout-out name, and they froze, much like a deer in the headlights, and stated they would like their shout-out name to be Nick. So, Nick, thank you. Welcome to the Orphanage of Beautiful Babies, and we support you and bless you and are very happy you decided to do that for us. So now I've said all of that. So thank you for another successful episode of the Adventures in Hell World podcast. I am Mike Rains, signing off for Sergeant Haley. Good speed, patriots. Nailed it.